0: Hannah Dunleavy's Outside the Box. Hi, and welcome to Outside the Box. We're well, actually a new format from now on. Oh, obviously, there's loads of good stuff on the TV, and we can't possibly contain it to just 10 minutes within a podcast once a month. So, we're going to be releasing the third Friday of the month in which we can wang on about TV to our heart's content. Have you watched much TV recently?
1: In a strange turn of events, yes, I
2: have.
0: Wow, that's that's useful. Yeah. I've watched some TV. Less than usual. It's difficult because there's so much TV to watch that even if you watch quite a lot, you can't actually fit it all in to the degree. that I told my brother an idea I had for a fun quiz show that was about women in history. And I explained the pitch to him, basically, and he said... Hannah, that exists, it's called, uh, insert name here, and it's presented by Sue Perkins, and I <laughs> went. Uh. so
2: I've got uh, a really good idea for a quiz show where you and it incorporates darts as well. Have you? Yeah, and you can win, like, weird things, like a caravan or maybe a speedboat. No one's done that, right? No. Mm. Great.
0: Watch this space. <laughs> so, did anyone watch Collateral? Yikes, nope. Jesus. I don't really understand how that was so awful. BBC's not really had a high hit rate on dramas this year I mean it's written by David Hare David Hare is a theatrical genius David
1: Hare of who wrote Murmuring
0: Judges which I
1: saw him do a talk about I studied it for my A-levels fun fact guys yeah saw very saw the, interesting man very talented
0: saw, man. Yeah, I saw the vertical Hour on Broadway and it was with Julianne Moore in it Ooh. and it was brilliant <sighs> this had a brilliant cast Kerry Mulligan John Sim Nicola Walker it had a piece of dialogue in which somebody said, in all earnestness, you're gambling and you don't even know if the gamble's going to pay off. <laughs> which is like quite That's literally amazing. the nature
1: of gambling.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Shetland is back on TV. I don't watch Shetland, but I think I should because I actually have been asking someone to come to Shetland with me, not one specific person, just quite literally <laughs> fucking anybody, for about 20 years because there's something relentlessly bleak about it. So I think a murder series set in... Or a detective series set in Shetland would probably be I should probably just stop talking about it and oh, start I watching it.
1: Date once with a man from the Shetland Island and he said it was like literally every stereotype you could imagine and there were people who genuinely wore boiler suits as their like everyday attire.
0: Westworld has announced its Season two release date twenty second of April. There isn't going to be a Game of Thrones now until or well, the final series of Game of Thrones till twenty nineteen. So I think that HBO are putting all of their hopes for their advertising revenue and merchandising revenue to come from Westworld this year. Are you
2: excited about Westworld?
0: Because yeah. Westworld didn't really mixed, pan you? it yeah. didn't really pan out for me in the way I hoped it would. It had one of the main reasons, of, like I was quite excited about it outside of the western genre. And the fact that I quite like the film Westworld was that it had three people in it that I really enjoy watching. Jeffrey Wright, I'm um, uncertain as to whether Jeffrey Wright is returning. One of which is Tandy Newton, who definitely is. And the other one is Sid A. Babek Knudson, apologies for that garbled pronunciation of it, who was, of course, so brilliant in Borgen. She will not be back. I don't know. I might watch the first episode and see where it goes. To be honest, um, there is no date on Luther yet, still. And I will, I will. Sorry, no, Jen. No, 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 no. But I will say <sighs> that I have done my very best. I even asked someone who was in it yeah. if they know when it's when it's coming on, and the answer was no, they no. don't.
2: Yeah. No. Maybe when Idris was filming and he was running through the streets with his hands in his pockets, he's tripped and he's
0: put back. The release date. Maybe. Oh, so I also met Sally Wayne, right? That's just a little humble brag I'm <laughs> dropping in there. She um, emailed me today. <laughs> yeah. Call the Midwife has been trending on Twitter for the best part of a fortnight. Now, I don't actually watch Call the Midwife, so I can't tell you why. But the general sentiment appears to be that Linda Bassett is a national treasure. And i just like to agree with that, even though I don't know why people are saying it.
2: Can I say something that I'm excited to watch? Yeah. It's just been released, and that is the second season of Jessica Jones and I'm like looking forward to a weekend where I don't have to leave the house and I can just binge on that because I know you haven't watched the first season even though I've wanged on about it but it was so good I watched it twice
0: okay so what is worth watching a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about number one Save Me which is is on Sky and it has been uploaded in its entirety as in you can watch it all now if you want to on Sky or if you are a now TV subscriber Saran Jones, Lenny James, Stephen Graham Kerry Godliman Good cast, I've only watched the first episode Jen, I know, in a surprising fashion has managed to watch it all I did watch it all, yes It has some similarities, I'd say it's interesting, it's got some similarities to Kiri which was the Channel 4 series earlier this year, as in it deals with the disappearance of a child and it deals with A mixed race child who's essentially being raised by a relatively middle class white family who is in search of her father. Um, I don't really want to say much else without spoiling it. I thought the first episode was really good. I like Lenny James a lot and I love Stephen Graham and obviously Saran Jones is good.
1: Right. Friend of the show, Saran Jones. Friend of the show, yeah. I love Saran Jones. The fact that I watched all six episodes within a couple of days, obviously there was something about it that I found entertaining and gripping and and wanted to see what happened. I thought Stephen Graham was really, really good in it. I thought it was an interesting story, an interesting way of looking at some things, which I'm probably not going to go into any detail on because
0: spoilers. Okay, next up, Our Country, series two... Has arrived. I think we're currently probably three episodes in. Our country a sitcom started on BBC Three. I think it might now be showing on BBC Two.
2: Oh, is that by the brother and sister? Yeah, it's
0: by Daisy May and Charlie Cooper, as in Daisy May Cooper and Charlie Cooper. She seems to end up in the media called Daisy May a lot, as if yeah. that's her actual name. A series about growing up in a small village. It takes a little getting into, I would say, because immediately the thing about about our country is it, it both seems like a lot of other stuff and completely different at the same time. That said, when Raised by Wolves was cancelled, I wrote a piece saying there was a place for sitcoms or for comedies that were set outside of London containing working class voices. And this is precisely the sort of thing. And it has had a remarkably good response, which is really reassuring. Second series was ordered almost immediately and filmed almost immediately, despite the fact that Daisy May Cooper was really heavily pregnant during it. Something that they just don't mention. She's a bit of a slob in it, Kerry, so I think you're just supposed to assume that she's put on some weight. Yeah, it's good. It's funny. For anyone who is actually watching it, Mandy is quite a creation of comedy genius. Not since Nessa and Gavin and Stacey has there been a woman who was quite so in your face. While well, we're talking about um, working-class comedies outside of London, it is still worth trying to catch up with Derry Girls if you haven't. Which is on Channel Four or the Four on Demand website. Oh, of yep, set in the nineteen nineties during the Troubles, it's really great. Written by Lisa McGee, and it has been Channel Four's most successful. New comedy in a decade, which, yeah, is certainly worthy of praise. Back to drama. The assassination of Gianni Versace has arrived. You might recall from the last time we did Outside the Box, I said I was struggling to give a fuck. I soldiered on through three episodes. It is up on the iPlayer. (sighs) Yeah, I still feel the same about it. Who's yeah. Jen? You've managed to see this as well, haven't you? I've
1: seen two of them. Yeah. I've-
0: First up, I need to say that I think that Darren Criss, who is playing Andrew kunanan yes, is absolutely having the time of his life. As a, as a personality, mm. the character is just so unhinged and so scary, scary and. Yeah, I think he's great.
2: Was that Versace's boyfriend? No, no he no. is he's
0: he's, played by Ricky Martin. He, yeah, oh my god, <laughs> he he is Versace's <coughs> killer.
2: Oh, okay, spoiler. Um, oh, wait, no,
0: no, it's it's <laughs> uh, it's really not. I I, I don't know. I thought I wasn't a huge fan of the first part. This is the second series in the American crime story thread. So the first one was the People vs OJ Simpson, which I wasn't necessarily that much of a fan Jews. of. Yeah. Now, in as much as The People versus OJ Simpson was about, partly, about race, this is partly about gay rights. But I feel that People versus OJ Simpson was predominantly about fame with all of that really awful stuff about the Kardashians. It was really sort of tongue-in-cheek. And this feels the same. And while it appears to sort of be wanting to poke a stick at the sense of a celebrity it still feels really reverential about celebrity itself mm. so it kind of backfires a bit I'm not going to recommend it but you know you might you might like it it may be worth watching one episode just to see Penelope Cruz as Donatella Versace yes because I mean I have to say she doesn't seem like the sort of character I mean far bit for me I've never met her Doesn't seem like the sort of character that you would necessarily warm to, and there's and there's nothing about Penelope Cruz's performance that's changed my opinion, which is interesting because apparently Penelope Cruz and Donatella Versace are very good friends.
2: That'd be weird if your mate was like doing an impression of you. Bit of a
1: weird. Penelope Cruz has got these like grills, basically. She's got these like pretend teeth in, and they look crazy weird. And is it the
2: equivalent of John Travolta's hair? Sort in of. The People versus OJ Simpson. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Like an extra character. Yeah, and yeah. also
1: her hair as well, because obviously Donna Versace oh, well. is famously blonde. But also, Penelope Cruz is Spanish. Yeah. Donna Versace obviously is Italian. And like, really, all of them are Italian, yeah. and they're all played by, like, Spanish or Venezuelan. But anyway, and also, Penelope Cruz sounds fully Spanish. She does. <laughs> fully fully Spanish just a little uh, Ricky Martin interlude yeah. when Ricky
2: Martin came out mm. my mum phoned me she was that surprised that she phoned me and she went Ricky Martin's gay and I was like what yeah anyway
1: <laughs> yeah I think I'll I, I've only seen two I think I will watch the third I, d- I think the guy who plays Andrew Kinnan is terrifying he is but I didn't know anything about the actual killer, either. I was obviously Wikipediaing it as I went along, as as I like to do. Um, Jen likes to spoil it for herself. Well, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, it's already it's very much in the public domain this information. Um, but Not yeah, like with the wire, he was a serial killer, which I didn't know. I thought he, I thought the guy that killed Gianni Versace was like a crazed stalker kind of thing. Well, well he yeah, but he kind of he kind of was he at the kinda, same time. Yeah, but also he, you know. He'd had a good go at killing people before, hadn't he? But there's By like, good go, do you mean he'd killed people before? <laughs> he'd killed before yeah. and he killed again. Yeah. The,
0: see, it's interesting because almost immediately the, the Versace family have come out and said it's rubbish. Mm. There is something in it that, in which they imply that Versace had AIDS, or certainly that he was HIV positive, but they don't actually say it, which I have to say gets on my tits because if you're going to make... No they're implying he has HIV. Okay
1: but like if you as a threw out my Wikipedia last night he had cancer of the ear before he died.
0: Yeah but they are implying he had he was HIV positive. Okay. And the family don't like that. If it's not true then I can imagine why the family wouldn't mm. like it. But the truth is they just imply it which is really irritating because if you're going to have if you're going to make an accusation like that have the balls to actually say it. Don't don't suggest it. Having not seen any, I'm I'm intrigued as to what the implication. Well, you see him in a hospital, and you see him looking at two incredibly ill-looking people in beds together holding hands. Now, the people who make this also made the normal heart, which was from a play, which is about the age crisis. There is a scene in a normal heart, which is almost exactly the same oh, okay. of two lovers. Yeah in bed next to each other holding hands in hospital beds both dying of AIDS so that seems the first implication secondly there's an argument or an ongoing dispute in it between Donatella Versace and the character played by Ricky Martin who is his boyfriend Mm. about how he apparently brought men into their bed and therefore it's his fault that this has happened oh, okay. and there is no specification to what this is
1: you're right like in that scene obviously those guys are meant I mean I thought they're obviously meant to be gay
0: and they're obviously meant to have HIV or, yeah. or, or whatever so I found it a bit weird let's move on because I wasn't a huge fan of that and there is something released this month that I was a massive fan of <laughs> We've talked before about how Netflix does this thing where it suddenly, like, almost vomits a load of things up at the start of a month, and things get lost. This month, for example, new series of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy appears, loads of chatter about that. Also a Darren Brown series called The Push. He wants to see whether peer pressure could actually make someone kill someone. Now, there's been a lot of talk about this because of, you know, the ethical implications of it. Such, it seems bold, yeah. sure. Yeah seems like a Milgram test gone even further still. The claim is that the person was happy for this to appear on television. Now, I would suggest, um, what do I know? But I would suggest that if a person has the mental fortitude to withstand what will happen from the publicity of this show to them, if they do that, then they probably have the mental fortitude to withstand the peer pressure to not do it. So it seems to me that it is intrinsically flawed from a moral point of view, which has led many people to actually suggest that it might actually be a hoax. A so let's ignore both of those things and talk about a series that, that dropped almost exactly the same point, but has basically received no publicity at all whatsoever, which is an eight part documentary called Flinttown, which is fucking brilliant.
2: It's incredible. Such a good documentary.
0: Okay so Flint town refers to Flint Michigan which was the home of General Motors now the moving of General Motors had the same effect on Flint that the collapse of Ford had on Detroit or not collapse but the moving and reorganization and the change of manufacturing had on Detroit it has gone down from a city that i think at its height had 600 Thousand people living in it. It now has a hundred thousand people in it. Has anyone seen Roger and me? No. No. Michael Moore's first documentary. Michael Moore is from Flint, and his first documentary was about the effect of the closure of GM. And in a lot of ways, Flint Town seems like a successor to it, like the next instalment of it. It's two years in the city, or it fol- and it chooses to follow the police. Now just to give you some facts about this 100,000 people now live in Flint there is a police force of 98 officers which means it has the lowest comparable rate of police officers in any city in America and that is in the face of the fact that it has one of the highest crime rates in America and in some years recent years the highest crime rate in America 98 officers when you count the fact that about a third of them will be off work on any given day split over three shifts meaning that they generally have six or seven cars
2: on a couple of occasions they talk about only having four cars because yep. they don't have enough cars either
0: they no longer have partners they mostly have to go Their out own. by themselves Terrible. police officers I
1: don't even think there's a police station in the <laughs>
0: yeah so it follows them for two years these officers and it really does chart you know it's my favourite sort of thing it's about the the death of the American dream it covers all sorts of things. It's about race. It's about class. It's about brutality. It's about a, politics. It's about politics. What takes place in this two-year period is the election of Donald Trump, the mass shooting of a load of police officers in Dallas, and then other shootings that happened around the country, and the rise of the Black Lives Matters movement, all of which have a, a startling impact on the officers working there. Now, Netflix does this thing where it has documentaries that are almost in-built bias within them. I think this actually does quite a good job of trying to show the outside community's relationship with the police. I mean, police are obviously aware that they're on camera all the time. So they are careful about what they say. They all claim to not be racist. A lot of them, I genuinely believe them, that they aren't racist. A lot of them are that thing where they don't think they're racist, but they actually are. And some of them are out-and-out racist. But a lot of them are people of colour themselves, trying really hard to do something to fix their community. And it's quite moving in parts. It's also, I think you'll probably like it, Gem, because it reminds me of The Wire. In fact, the first thing I did when I watched this was I tweeted David Simon to ask him what he thought. David, you haven't replied yet. Because it contains a lot of that policing in which people are told they have to do more with less and also a lot of that policing where it's told it's about dope on the table. Mm-hmm. It's literally yeah. about this looks like a good bus, this looks like a and people saying it's not about that. It's about trying to work with the community. It's not about going, Oh, here's three guns we pulled off people that's not even touching the sides of the problem. It does also stretch to the problems that the fire service are having because there are entire Entire estates that are utterly abandoned, and that is an arsonist's paradise. So, if you find the time, you liked it, didn't you, Mick?
2: I thought it was brilliant, like really eye opening and highly charged. And the fact that they asked these people are still putting their lives on the line in the face of a lot of hatred and a lot of tension between the officers, but you, because of the presidential race. And the issues that throws up of some people wanting to vote for Trump just to have something different, just to get more money in the police force. And obviously the police officers of colour just being like, no, I don't understand why you would, why would you vote for Trump? But then they're obviously having to work together as a very tight team and they don't let it get in the way of doing their job. Even when they think that they're going to lose their job, they just keep fighting. It's impressive. And it gave me, you know, it's really easy to sort of, dig at the police they're yeah. not
0: easy to like but it gave me a newfound respect it's de- it definitely gives a, a different perspective mm. there's there's a bit where one of the officers the one that looks weirdly like a kind of sort of Patrick wilson but not yes, like a, le- yeah, like a much no, he, less good looking he, he there's a bit where he's like I, I'm i just I can continue to do this but I'm sick to death of the fact that I have no security I could literally be laid off at any time
2: he's been on the police for 14 years yeah. I think he has and he's lost his job job twice yeah, and they get the worst pay for like a lot of american police yeah. but they want to stay in flint that his girlfriend who's also a police officer um BB yeah. I think her initials are cuz they call her pellet don't they um she actually says it looks really good on your CV cuz if you can work at the flint police you, you can work know, anywhere you can huh? work anywhere yeah yeah it was it was real eye opening and just fascinating and a bit like the O J Simpson documentary just it went too quickly yeah. i could have just watched more and more of
1: it so I can watch this on Netflix, yeah? You can. Oh. Okay. And you should. Sure. Sure. And you
0: should. Well. There's just a couple of other things before I go. Just an unsolicited recommendation for you. Um, there has also been an announcement about the, the uh, timing of the the sixth and final series of The Americans. I'm not going to bother going into it because, for some reason, this country has decided to make it more difficult to watch The Americans than it is to assassinate people (laughs) (laughs) you can find it you can buy it it is an excellent series to watch and lastly Jen Mm. and myself were on the Wire Stripped podcast talking about (laughs) the end of the first series and how truly heartbreaking it is and um, you can find that on Acast
1: you can indeed Twitter yeah they are on Twitter I think they are at the wire stripped. And yeah, they're on ACOST. And it's a good listen. And unfortunately you fuckers I'm now going to have to watch the whole of the second series which means that's it that's that's life done for the next three months isn't it because now I'm just going to have to watch the whole the fucking whole thing, thing again. again
0: and finally if you would like me to make a recommendation to you about a hidden series that you might enjoy but I haven't seen then get in touch we're on Twitter where I am at that done leaving maybe send me a list of your three favourite series ever and I'll see if I can find something that I think will suit you